Oh man, Ron, our next guest, he has the perfect company for the, the world that we're in. I am so excited. Well, let me rephrase. I was, I was so excited to have him on the show. And now I'm so excited to listen to the show because I had some technical difficulties that I didn't even hear the recording. So I can't wait. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you left me alone. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do you say? Let's get to it. Have you ever wondered how highly successful entrepreneurs think? So did we. So we asked hundreds of entrepreneurs a very simple question. If they had perfect hindsight, what advice would they give themselves? I am Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool. Join us on our journey implementing and sharing all of our learnings while we hack our hindsight along with our guest hindsight to give us all better foresight. Listen along the way as we find and unlock their secrets that made them successful through hidden traffic, joint ventures, and much, much more. This is Hindsight Hack. Welcome back to Hindsight Hacking, and today we are joined by Mike Perlow, the founder and president of Perlow Productions, a corporate video production, animation, live stream, augmented reality-based company in New York. Uh, and one of the fun things that I'm looking forward to talking to you about is 17 years as a TV sportscaster before this endeavor of the video production company. So Mike, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to getting to know you here. My, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I should mention we're actually in New Jersey, although we work in New York as well. I might have given something wrong, but we're actually in New Jersey, but we're actually closer to Philadelphia than we are to New York City. We're, we're about 15 minutes from Philly and about an hour from New York City, but we work with clients all over the country and even some internationally. So uh, even though we're based here, I, I kind of feel like we're, you know, we're wherever our clients need us to be. So, you know, we're in, in this day and age, you, you can't just be, in my opinion, you can't just be working in one city and, and, and that's it. Like you, you, you got to be able to be available to other places. Yeah. I mean, especially with the ability of zoom type calls, right? Video calls. I mean, there's no sense in just being locked down to, uh, you know, that one little re location. Uh, so Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, um, on the, the TV sportscaster side of things. So, uh, so I grew up as, you know, a massive sports fan growing up. I grew up in the Boston area. So big new England sports fans of sports fan, you know, back before Tom Brady was a thing. So I rooted for the Patriots when they were awful. Um, I was like, tell people that cause they're like, Oh, you root for the Patriots cause they're, they win Super Bowls. Um, but grew up big sports fan outside of Boston. Uh, always had a big bug for acting performance, uh, kind of that radio TV thing. Uh, and, and the funny thing is I didn't really see much of the, business entrepreneurial part of myself. I, didn't, I don't think I recognized it until many years later, but you know, even in high school, I worked in our public access studio in my high school and then took that into college, went to Syracuse University, to their Newhouse School of Communications, majored in broadcast journalism, and, and after college spent you know, roughly 17 years working at various TV markets from uh, Burlington, Vermont, to Fort Myers, Florida, a few different gigs at different stations, in Boston, that was kind of always like my dream was to get back to my hometown and work in TV in Boston. And I eventually uh, landed a, uh, a couple different opportunities in Boston, primarily at what's known as Nesson, which is the New England Sports Network. 
and was a sports anchor reporter uh, there for a number of years. Uh, coolest part of that story is that, uh, for those of you baseball fans out there, in 2004, when the Red Sox won the World Series for the first time in 86 years, Stephen King, uh, who is a huge Red Sox fan, Maine native, decided before that season to randomly co-author a book of about a season of Red Sox baseball with another friend. And of course, it turned into be an historic season. And after the season came and went and they won the World Series, I started having friends calling me and texting saying, hey, Perlo, you're in Stephen King's book. And I'm also a huge Stephen King fan. So I was like, what do you mean? So anyhow, it wasn't a horror story. It was just a, a baseball story. But he was a regular viewer of the show Sports Desk I worked on and mentions me by name four or five times in the book, uh, including one quote that we have on the About Us page of our website that basically is him saying, this guy is on the desk today and he's 30, but he looks like he's 12. And he looks really sad because the Red Sox lost. But he puts it in words that only Stephen King can write. So, you know, I kind of always joke that that's like proof I existed. Um, How fun. So, so that's kind of like my cool, like I always find that to be a really cool story. And the only shame is I have not gotten him to autograph the book yet. So one of these days I got to get in touch with his publicist. Um, and so anyhow, so broadcasting career kind of spanned 17 years. And at a certain point left my job at Nesson and ended up moving from Boston to New Jersey and was still kind of exploring broadcasting jobs. But at the same time, I joke that I think I'm like a bit of an unintentional entrepreneur because I never really set out to start my own business. But it just kind of evolved and grew. And I don't know, over the next five years, I eventually got to that point of no return where I said, okay, broadcasting career is behind me. And Perlow Productions, my production company, is now my, my full-time focus. And uh, certainly that's, you know, 13 years in now, I'm... I'm I mean, I'm certainly not looking for TV jobs anymore, um, but have, you know, have had the usual ups and downs that I think any business owner has starting a business, growing a business, hiring people, working with clients, all, all of those regular things. But um, the great part about it for me is I, I'm using what I've learned over the years are actually really good business skills that I have and entrepreneurial skills that I have, but also my kind of marketing and creative smarts that work really well and allow me to still be very creative. Like I don't shoot or edit videos anymore, but I'm still very involved in the creative process from script ideas to hiring talent to, you know, the, being involved in the editing process and creating animation and things like that. So I'm, I'm extremely hands-on still, even though I'm not, you know, shooting or editing anything anymore. And so it, it really lets me do a lot of the things that I've always loved to do. And I've found that I actually love running a business too. So that's been my, I always say like, my dad was a cardiologist. I had no interest in going into medicine, but he always had a really good head for business, and I think that's the, the part that I, uh, I inherited from him. So uh, got, his, got his business smarts. No, that's great, and, and, and I apologize for my, my technicals. But anyway, I am back now, so uh, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about when you actually first started your production company. Like, kind of walk people through the steps and that transition piece, I think that's a huge, cool story that that people would love to hear. Yeah, so like I said, it was a bit a bit unplanned, a little bit unintentional. I think, you know, early on, I was already doing some kind of work with helping um, college students and recent graduates looking for jobs in television. And I had this website I created that was that still exists for kind of just sentimental reasons called getatvjob.com. And if you look at it, don't make fun of it because it's really old. It's never been updated in a long time. 
but that's what I love about it. Um, and so we were helping students with their resumes, their cover letters, their job search, and then eventually more and more kids that wanted to be on TV came to me. And so we started creating demo reels and, and all that. And so there was that production aspect uh, involved. And from that, I was doing some consulting, some video on demand consulting and some content creation for some clients. And so I had these different projects that we had created. And I said, well, they're not get a TV job. They're something else. So they need a home on this internet thing that's growing. And because we're talking like circa, uh, I don't know, probably 2004, 2005. And so I said, well, uh, I don't know, Perlo Productions, that's nice alliteration. We'll create a section on the Get a TV Job website, and that's where we'll put these projects. So that was kind of the internet web home of Perlo Productions for a number of years. And then when I moved from Boston to New Jersey and was really putting more focus into the company, eventually we launched our own website. And now I, I joke that I think that I feel like the mother grew out of the child because Perlo Productions is kind of the company, but it grew out of its a division which is kind of our media training division loosely titled. Um, but in terms of, you know, honestly, it's, it's I, I can't say there's like one moment or one period of time where I look back and say like, this is where it all happened. I think it was a lot of trial and error. Um, seeing when I first moved, I, I came from growing up in a city like Boston where I knew a lot of people to moving to Southern New Jersey where I knew nobody other than my wife and her family. And so I really had to spend a lot of time networking and talking to people and getting out there and this was really 2007 2008 when the economy was in the tank so everybody was doom and gloom and i was walking around having landed a thousand dollar project like i just made a million dollars so because <laughs> for me every piece of business was an increase from the previous year when there was nothing uh so it was it was a good a good experience for me though to see all these people going through such a tough time when i was just starting to get my business off off the ground and um so, you know, I think it was, it was a mix of putting myself out there. In some cases, I even reached out to some local businesses because I realized I had nothing in our portfolio that was at all locally based. So I, I called um, the owner of a, a gym that I belonged to at the time and said, hey, would you mind if we came and shot a little kind of like we call a spec commercial? And I said, I'm not going to charge you anything. We're just going to come and do it, use it for demo purposes. If you like it and you want to use it, then we can talk about the cost. And I was like, yeah, no problem. So we came, we shot it, and uh, and he loved it. And he ended up paying us for it and used it on TV and on his website. And um, I look back on it now, and it's like awful, but <laughs> that was 13 years ago. So um, so that was kind of the you know the kickoff locally. And then I don't know. Over time, we you know we we started doing some internet marketing. So that was ways of getting our our company and our website in front of people. And you know I did a lot of. Um, did some work with some local nonprofits to try to build our name out there a little bit. And, and, you know, over the years, there were definitely ebbs and flows. I'm not going to lie. There were some, some years where we kind of, you know, wondered when's the next project going to arrive. Uh, I joke that there were definitely times when I would say to my wife, maybe I just want to get a regular job with a paycheck. And uh, thankfully not these days, but there were definitely years where I was there many times. And I think, you know, more than anything, I think just my, stubborn determination to succeed is what carried me through because uh, there were definitely some low, low, low moments. Uh, but I think that determination and always trying to kind of, I don't want to say reinvent what we do, but reinvent and find new approaches and new creative things to offer. And, and I think the other part is just 
doing good work, right? I think whatever you do, if you do good work, whether you're a restaurant or a video production company, you do good work, people are going to want to work with you and they're going to talk about you and hopefully you've treated them well. So I think kind of all those things, I, I, I feel like I built a really good reputation with people we work with. I'm not sure how to look at this, but I've had many people that don't hire us and, and actually say to me, like, we really want to work with you, but these are the reasons why. And it's usually something like either like a really close friend owned the other company or, we, or sometimes we were just beyond their budget. But I, honestly, like as a compliment, I've had many people tell me over the years who haven't hired us that they really wanted to work with us. But there was some factor beyond my control and often their control that didn't allow it to happen. But obviously many people have worked with us as well. Um, so, yeah, it's um, a lot of crazy years, really. And, and you know, as, as the more recent times of the COVID-19 crisis have shown us, you just never know what's going to come your way as a business. And, um, you know, a couple months before all of that, I had a huge opportunity with one of our technology clients that had some of the, one of their key staffers going on paternity leave. And they literally wanted to bring us in as essentially their creative department for like four or five months. And the opportunity was going to be massive. Well, because of everything that happened with COVID-19, it shifted a lot of things. And so opportunities are still with that company, but it definitely changed what could have been a massive opportunity into a, a smaller opportunity in that case. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think, again, I think it goes back to finding new and different ways to offer things, to help people. Um, I'm a big believer in like, you know, even like talking here is like a little odd in the sense that like, I'm not one that publicly pats myself on the back or, you know, cheerleads, hey, look what I did. I, I'm always very much about, this is what we did. This is what Perlo Productions did. Uh, I always say people work with me, not for me. I'm a big believer in that. I don't just say it, I'm like, I truly feel that way. Um, so I think, you know, being a little humble about success. And I always say most people won't know when we're killing it or when we're getting killed because I try to keep the same, uh, the same outward demeanor no matter what the situation. And I, I, I think people respect that. People don't like people who brag. And I don't, I don't just never really been, I mean, I'm proud of our success, but I don't like to brag about it. Right. You got to talk about it enough that in a positive manner that, shows that you know what you're doing, you know how to do it and take care of the people around you and that you're working with. And, uh, but at the same time, you don't want to be like patting yourself cocky and you know what I mean? But, uh, so question. So you, you know, obviously a production video company, you typically in my mind, I think you have to bring a camera crew or bring people to an, a location, right? right? So times have changed. We're, we're doing things online right now, at least uh, for the foreseeable future. And so like, how does that change in your world? Are you having people randomly send you the videos and you guys edit them or how, how does that whole thing work? Well, so I think part of it has evolved, has been evolving and continues to evolve. So we are, you know, even as when we were recording this, we are shooting some things on location, but it's small scale crew, with social distancing in mind in terms of even the people that are at the location. But we're certainly not doing shoots at the level that we have in the past where we could be bringing a team of anywhere from like three to 10, 12 people from lighting to audio to hair and makeup. Like we're definitely not doing that. I mean, we did a big commercial shoot literally weeks before COVID-19 hit and had that shoot been delayed by a couple of weeks as ironically it almost was, we would not have done it because it was just too many people in too small of a place. Um, but I will say it's funny that when it began, 
I always joke that the words use your iPhone to shoot your video are words that were never uttered out of my mouth in the last 13 years. And when people would say it, I would cringe. And part of that whole process has been realizing that there are other ways to capture video, what we call kind of remote video capture. So either on a platform like Zoom where we have shot interviews and other segments, and then we add graphics and animation to them that make them look so much cooler. Um, but also in some cases, having people use their iPhones or tablets to record videos and, um, and giving them, uh, you know, kind of guidance and tips on how to best shoot it. Uh, the high school and college graduations was another area where there was a lot of need. So, you know, everybody was miserable. My, my kids worked all these years to graduate high school, graduate college, and they're getting, you know what, out of their moment in the sunshine. So, uh, so we came up with, well, I shouldn't say we came up with the idea. The idea of virtual graduations was not our idea, but I think the way we went about doing it was, was different than a lot because we really, it was important to me from the get-go. I mean, I have two sons who are ending, going from fifth grade to sixth grade and eighth grade to high school. Uh, so then neither one has that high school graduation year, but still like, you know, important years for them. And I felt like every graduating senior should have that moment in the sunshine where their name is said, where either we see a picture of them or video of them or something. So they have that moment in the sunshine just like they would have at a real graduation. And also talking to each school about what, what are the components of your usual graduation and how can we recreate those in a virtual environment. And, and for our purposes, it's, it wasn't, they're not like truly live ceremonies. We capture all the different elements and then edit them together, add graphics, animation. We can make a live component, but usually we pre-produced everything. Um, it, it delivers a much higher quality visual experience too, right? The, the produced virtual graduation versus trying to do everything live, uh, you know, which inevitably you're going to have technical issues or people not being ready, you know, Ron not having proper audio. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you never know what will happen. <laughs> Um, Ron told me he's going to wear a Red Sox hat. And he's wearing the Colorado. Did you say the Colorado hat? The, uh, yeah, Colorado. <laughs> um, but let's so you know all those things that that can happen. Uh, so, um, but the other part was just giving people an experience that I think they would really enjoy and go. They might go into the virtual graduation experiencing something kind of lame, and hopefully come away saying, "Wow, that was really cool." And while it's not the usual graduation, it's something different. And as I reminded every school. Every graduate gets a recording of their of their graduation. And how many of us can say we have a full video of our graduation? I'm sure you guys like like me. You're lucky if maybe your parents were there with a video camera and it's shaky and you can hear them arguing with each other in the background, right? So right. best. What's that? No, I I absolutely love that uh, you do the production piece and you're giving them a memory, right? You're capturing a memory that could have been taken away from them very right. easily. Right. So I, I think that's that's an amazing thing that you're doing, um, and and I would love to. You know, that was going to be my question. So you kind of touched on it. You know, I, I I just think it's so cool that people are pivoting in a way to help people have positive stuff happen still, where they could easily just wallow. And you know, one, I just want to commend you for that. But for two, how much? effort does something like that go into for your production team to create the virtual graduation yeah uh, i would say the one thing i learned through the process was it was a whole lot of a lot a lot a lot of project management yeah. almost more project management than production because so in a case of 
like we have multiple school districts that are working with with multiple schools within that district some some we just have one high school but some have a high school and a middle school or two high schools and so coordinating all the different elements and at the time these were happening schools took a while to make a decision because they were really hoping holding out hope that things were going to change they could have a you know a real graduation so it really wasn't until inside of a month or so before their graduation date that most schools decided to do this and then it's you know figuring out the finances and the logistics and how we get things, different things to happen. And then, you know, ran to a lot of, well, our, our, anybody making a speech hasn't even started writing their speech yet. So we can't record it for two weeks. So, you know, things like that. Um, the production part, I mean, certainly, the, the, you know, a, a lot of work there too, because we're literally, you know, if it's 100 graduates versus six or 700 graduates, there's that much more work in terms of creating a little segment for every single graduate. And, and every school's doing things a little differently, so, and which I encourage. We really didn't want to template it or anything like that. There were companies out there offering a very templated service, which was fine and, frankly, lower cost. Uh, so I know there are schools that went that approach. But to me, and it kind of is my mentality with everything we do, is you know, if I do a video for you, Ron, and a video for you, Corey, I don't want you looking at each other and saying, like, well, those were obviously both done by Perlo Productions unless you just said they're both great. So they must've been done by Perlo production. <laughs> Other than that, I don't want you to look at your, each of your videos and say, well, look, they're almost the same thing. And I think we all see that many creative things out there, whether it's a website or other things that you start to see a lot of commonalities. And, and after a while you kind of are able to recognize when things are kind of, you know, somebody uses that same approach. Um, so, um, and I, I would say that beyond graduations i mean i think the whole virtual event arena is something that is going to continue to grow i had a conversation about this with an event planner uh, in boston today and she was saying how you know we were kind of discussing like how long will it be before people can come together for even if it's a few hundred people for a wedding or a bar mitzvah or hundreds or thousands of people for a conference or an expo or a trade show and i think it's going to be a while i really do i i think I think it's going to be a few years before, you know, 500 to 1,000 plus people are at an event at the same time. I really do. Even with a, you know, if there's a, a vaccine for COVID-19, I still think a lot of this is going to shift. And I think that our ability to take an event and create it in a virtual environment online and create dynamic segments, and we're also working in, starting to work in augmented reality and virtual reality into these as well, which is something that was already a growing sector force before all of this. So I, I think that most people don't realize what can be accomplished online. And, you know, when you think of all these companies that spend thousands and thousands of dollars to travel and rent out big venues. I mean, all the, all the convention centers in the country are going to hate me. But I mean, I, I think honestly, like I, I, I mean, I don't know, we'll see. I may be wrong. And I, I kind of hope I'm wrong because I think there's something really great about being at an event with people. Right? Like, I mean, if the three of us were sitting somewhere having a beer and talking, that would be a lot more engaging than sitting speaking virtually, right? But, but, but I don't know. I mean, I just, I, part of me feels like the world has realized how much can be accomplished virtually. And, and frankly, on the other side, I would say, I think this is much better than speaking on the phone. So I, I like that part of it, right? I think I'm seeing, even when I was stuck at home, I'm seeing people much more frequently than I was before. And right. in some ways, even developing relationships with people that I only knew by name. And because, just because I'm looking at them, I, I think it creates a different level of, of connection. Now, again, not the same as talking to them in person, but 
sometimes you go to those events with hundreds of people and you don't get a chance to talk to, to a lot of people. So I think there's, you know, there's pluses and minuses to come out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's nothing like a live event. There's nothing like getting fired up from some speaker teaching something that was super engaging and then getting a, another person's take on it. So uh, I know uh, we've got some virtual events coming up and so it's going to be very different to see kind of how that's executed. Cause, cause there's no way, there's really no way to match the energy of a room of 500 to a thousand people uh, on a zoom. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, Mike, my next question, I want to, I want to, you know, our show is hindsight hacking. So we, we always want to talk about hindsight. So if you had perfect hindsight and could go back and give a younger Mike uh, some advice uh, in, in regards to when you started Perlo Productions, or even before that, when you were thinking in the entrepreneurial spirit, what kind of advice would you go back and give uh, to, to that younger version of yourself? Set some money aside. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like in, my, in most years of my TV career, it was not a very well-paying profession. And so I didn't have lots of disposable income. But I think back to like when I lived, I worked at a station in Fort Myers, Florida for three years where the property, the, the cost of real estate was just dirt cheap. And had I ever taken the thought to buying a condo instead of renting an apartment, and when I moved, sold that and had 30, 40, 50, 60, I mean, I remember a friend of mine turned around a condo in Sarasota in like a year and a half and made like 75 grand on it. It was insane. Uh, so like not having done that and had the forethought to say, you know, if I can set some money aside now for other things I want to do down the road, that would be really smart. I, I think from a financial standpoint, uh, that's something I wish I had done back in, in those days. Um, I think starting my business off, um, I don't know. I don't want to say that I would, should ever like lower or change my expectations because I think my, my the massive expectations I've always set for myself are part of what drive me. I, you know, I've always said it's, it's even when I was in broadcasting, like I'd get a job at a larger market station and I kind of joked that I was already looking for the next opportunity. And it wasn't because I didn't appreciate where I was, but I was always like, okay, I've accomplished this, now I'll accomplish that. And I, I think I'm much the same way in my company. You know, when I've hit different uh, revenue figures, it's like, wow, that's amazing. But now I want to, you know, get there or, or a level of clients or, you know, whatever it might be. I, the first time I landed a really big international company as a client, I mean, it was great and continues to be great. But at a certain point I said, okay, well, I have one. It's dangerous to rely on having one really big client. I need to find a second and a third, right? So that was a bit more business strategy, but um, trying to think back to the earlier days. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really like, you know, the, the, the unknowns and, and maybe, I mean, I had no business training, first of all, right? So like I went into this without a clue about running a business. So I think maybe... I don't know that I would say I wish I got like an MBA because I honestly don't know that that would have been uh, made a huge difference in terms of what I've experienced. But I think maybe have gone to some people, some experienced business owners and, and picked their brains a little bit more early on, you know, because at that, at that time you don't realize, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And particularly then um, the funny story I like to tell is this is like at least three or four years into my business. And I met with a, a guy who, from an insurance company who spent like an hour and a half, you know, asking me, he asked me if I had business liability insurance. And I was like, no, what's that? 
So he spent the next hour and a half explaining to me what business liability insurance was. And by the end, I almost had a heart attack realizing what it was, why I needed it, and the fact that I didn't have it. And then as you know, only in the movies can this happen, literally the next day we had a video shoot at a riflery range. So I couldn't have been to the worst location the next day with this new knowledge of business right. liability in my brain. Right. Um, you know, thank God nothing happened and we had the policy in place in a few weeks. But like, you know, things like that, right? Um, knowing what a, what a CRM is for tracking clients and prospects. I mean, I used to use those spiral bound like high school notebooks as my, you know, my log of client conversations. I have like 12 of them sitting in a cabinet in my office that I just kind of have held onto because I'm not good at throwing away anything. But to think of all the years that I use notebooks to track client conversations and client information. Now I look back, I'm like, what, what was I thinking? Um, but you know, so, so things like that, just understanding different tools that can benefit you even in, you know, year one or year two of a business that, that don't have to be crazy expensive either. Those are a few yeah. things that come to mind. That's perfect. So, all right. So we talked a little bit about what you were doing mm -hmm. and a little bit about what you are doing. What's, what's next on the uh, horizon for, for your company and for you? And what, where, where do you see the next thing? Well, one of the areas, and I've always been a big fan of technology and obviously much of what we do benefits from the growth of digital technology and mobile devices and all that. Um, but one area that we've really started to invest in and, and, and bring to the presence to the awareness of our clients is, uh, somewhat virtual reality, but even more so augmented reality. And for people who aren't familiar with both, so virtual reality is when you wear the goggles and the headset and you, you know, have some kind of immersive experience. Uh, augmented reality is literally when you use your mobile device and you aim it at a target image, which is essentially a picture that's designed that activates the AR experience. And it can activate a video, a hologram, animation, anything. I'll show you a quick little sample I have here. Um, so. So this is actually, so when you design the target that activates the augmented reality experience, that image can be anywhere you print it, it will work. So for example, we put it on these notepads. So that's, that's an AR target right there. So if you downloaded the Perlo AR app uh, and opened it on your device and aimed it at that image, it would play a video. Literally, it comes right out of the paper. I'm not physically out of the paper, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and it is not, people often conf uh, confuse it with like a QR code. It's not a QR code. The crazy thing is once you've downloaded the AR app, you need no internet signal for it to work. You could have your phone on airplane mode, open the app, aim it at the target image, and it activates the experience. I was looking to see if I had, oh yeah, here we go. Um, so this is similar thing. So this is our other target image. And this is, we put it on a postcard. So literally we can mail these to prospects or to clients. And on one side, it says augmented reality. It gives you the instructions on how to download our app. I'm going to put a little closer. Um, and, and then, it, you know, right here, I can write a little note, put a stamp on. And when they download the app and they aim it at this target, this one activates our company promo video. And so, so it, the AR has some, and this is relatively basic augmented reality. The, the use cases for it are through the roof. I have no doubt that in, you know, three to five years, AR will be as common as, as websites are today uh, because the, 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 the opportunity of where it can be used. I mean, I have thought of amazing uses for it in so many different industries. I'll give you a couple examples. So 
It could be everything from you could create an invitation to an event that would have an AR target on it. So you'd mail it to somebody. It would say download, you know, Ron's 50th birthday party AR app. You download the app, you'd aim it at the target and it would play a video saying, Hey, come join us on August 3rd for Ron's 50th birthday party. We're going to be at this restaurant. You know, or for a more corporate event or nonprofit, it could even have a video talking about the organization or why you should give money or anything like that. Um, so for, you know, for an event invitation, it can be used. It's huge at trade shows. We, what you see behind me is part of our one piece of our trade show booth, but we have large, um, almost like poster size uh, versions of our AR targets at our trade show booth. So people can walk up with their own devices or we can hand them a tablet and they can experience augmented reality right at our booth. Um, I have ideas within the auto industry. If, I'll tell you a funny one that won't happen, I don't think, because of where the industry is going, but concerts. So if concerts weren't going away from printed tickets, which unfortunately they are, I thought an amazing idea would be you could have an AR target on a concert ticket and it could play like a music video from the performer you're going to see. Like, how cool would that be? But the reality is be cool. print, it would be very cool, but printed tickets are, are going by the wayside. So I, I, that's one area that I don't think it'll happen. But it's an example, though, of how you could you know, I mean, you're obviously at that point, you're partnering with a major brand. Um, but so, so I think, you know, AR and other uses of technology, I think because technology is changing so much, I'm always trying to find new and different ways. Because at the end of the day, AR is another way to share uh, and let people experience your content. So trying to find new and different ways that we can, that we can do that. And, and I think, you know, I, I have no doubt that, you know, in the coming years, that will become a considerable you know, part of our business. And again, talking about always looking for new ways to not do something different, but add new opportunities for our business. And, you know, going back to the, the hindsight, I mean, there are things we've tried that never worked, right? I mean, a number of years ago, we went, I traveled with another colleague to a big trade show in Las Vegas, dropped a ton of money on travel, not, not, not expenses there, if you know what I mean, but no, <laughs> spent a lot of money. Right, right. Was a lot of money. I had to ship all our trade show fly there, hotels, you know, accommodation, all those things. And, you know, five years later, I still didn't have a penny of the show from that show. So I dropped a lot of money on that show, but it was, it was an industry that I thought was worthwhile and I thought had a lot of potential. It didn't work out, but I've always been a big believer. Like, you know, you got to try different things. Some of them are going to work. Some of them aren't. And um, as long as some of them work, <laughs> you're okay. But, right. but not every single idea is going to work. All right, Mike, I've got one final question from me today for you. And, uh, you know, we, anybody in the, in the marketing world, like video is king, right? Video is king for Facebooks and the social media platform. Um, you know, they're, they're, it, it's so much far and above execution sta standpoint from our, uh, you know, monetary standpoint, if you have a good solid video. So from, from your perspective, how do you really get the the person like myself that, you know, literally just doesn't may not be comfortable in front of a camera or whatever? Like how how do you get a true good video for someone like myself from, you know, a marketing standpoint out there? Like what's kind of your thoughts behind that? Well, for people like you, Corey, we have some really great special effects people. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I need. <laughs> Are you just you put your body? Oh my god! You set yourself up, Corey. Holy smokes! Well, so a, a couple of things seriously that you bring up there. So, in terms of you know, if we're doing interviews with people, and we do, we have times when people are 
nervous as can be and others that are just naturals. Uh, I mean, I, from my TV reporting background, developed a lot of really good interviewing skills. So I always tell people, you know, if I'm interviewing you about your company, about your product, about whatever you do, just talk to me. You don't need to rehearse your answers. You don't need to write everything down before. You know, it's one thing if you're talking technical specs of something that you don't have in your brain. But if I'm interviewing you about, about what you do, about your baby, uh, it's no different than if I said, hey, tell me about your last vacation. Would you need to take notes? No, you just sit and talk to me about that. So that's really what we, I try to do is I tell people, listen, in general, here's what we're going to talk about. Just come ready to talk about it. If there's something yeah. you know you need to include in your answers, make a couple notes. But don't, you know, don't write down your answers. Don't rehearse them. Um, and I would say more often than not, uh, I've found to be very successful over the years. I've had a few people that went into an interview terrified and walked out saying, wow, that was actually really easy and, and fun. Um, the other part I would say is, you know, getting to kind of making what's a successful video. I would say there's lots of people out there that can shoot and edit video and make it look really cool. I mean, there are kids in college that can do that, right? Uh, and then there were experienced professionals like work with us. The big part that I think distinguishes us is taking all of that high creativity, but also bringing the branding and the marketing and the, and the thinking about the target audience, what, you know, who you're speaking to, what you want them to understand what the call to action is. And then of course, the question that I talk about with people all the time is the, you know, why, why your product or why what you do? You know, if you, I mean, even video production, okay? My job is not to sell people on the fact that they need video production or why they need video production. My job is to sell them on why they should work with Perlo Productions instead of 20 million other options out there. So it's no different than if you, you know, you run a restaurant, a college, um, anything right your job is not in general to sell them on why they need what you do it's why they need why why when they need it they should work with you and what it is about you and what you provide that that distinguishes you and so that's something i always think about with our clients is you know making sure that their video answers that question you know it doesn't just say our new product is amazing and cool it's, we know other people make the same product that we make, but here's why ours is the best. And it's not the best because our clients say it's amazing. It's not the best because we say it's the best. It's the best for these reasons, you know? And, and really, in some cases, saying it, literally saying, these are the things that make it the best. Or sometimes, you know, if it's, uh, you know, if, it, if it's a college, it's not just about great professors. It's maybe just about the environment and the feel at that school and making sure people understand kind of what the vibe is of that place. Uh, so really making sure that people come away from the video truly understanding what it is that that business, organization, whatever it is, has to offer and why, you know, why you're the one that they should go to when they need whatever it is you do. Uh, so that's, so, and, I, and I would say that I see a lot of videos out there that fail miserably at that. They look great. You watch them and you walk away saying like, okay, I know I'd like the product, but I have no idea why I should buy it from them. You know, and I think that that is a challenge that I think more business owners and marketing people have than they realize. Because when I ask that question of people, usually the answer is because um, ours is really good and we've been doing it for a long time or something like that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, you and the other 20, you know, so so it, it's not an easy question to answer, but I think is probably the most important question to answer in any video that's intended for for sales and marketing or even you know just kind of brand and name recognition. 
I love it. Oh man, I appreciate you hanging in there and talking to us, especially with my my fun tech stuff. But where if if they're looking if somebody's out there looking for services like this, where can they find you? So easiest way is just go to our website, which is perloproductions.com. It's P-E-R-L-O-W Productions with an S on the end dot com. You can email me, Mike at Perloproductions.com. Uh, my phone number's on there as well, which is my cell, and always welcome phone calls. And I would say that, you know, if you have a business or a product and you're looking to create great videos, whether it's for social media or a trade show or the web, you know, always happy to talk and brainstorm ideas. But also just to business owners, entrepreneurs, startups, whatever it may be, if you just want some advice, you know, one business owner or another, I always love, you know, talking shop, even if you do something completely different than what we do. Um, or if you're trying to start your own production company, I love talking to other people in, in my industry too. Uh, and you know, one thing I'll mention is when you go to our website, definitely check out under our services section, you'll see all kinds of information about our augmented reality. And I would say if people want to check out our AR, they can literally go to the app store, the Google play store and search Perlo AR. So it's just P E R L O W A R as an augmented reality. You can download the app and it will show you the target. You can literally print that on your home printer and, and check it out. It's, it's, it's super cool. You can also print the images from our website. So, and, and, and by the way, we're all over social media other than I think Snapchat, we're everywhere else, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, TikTok, uh, what else? Okay, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Vimeo, YouTube. Ever gotten any? I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's more. We just don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> yeah, all, all your primary social media pages, we have either a Perlo Productions page or a Perlo Productions page. And on some platforms, I have my own separate Mike Perlo page as well, but they kind of are you know, all connected. So always love connecting with people on social media, and whether they're in New Jersey or in, you know, halfway across the world. Perfect. All right, Mike, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to uh, jump off the call and, and uh, go download that app because uh, that sounds amazing and fun. And, and honestly, I mean, again, I, I mentioned it, video is king. Like there's going to be like, there's going to be less phone calls. I mean, I, I know my kid already, like it's just, he's, he doesn't do phone calls. He literally does the video calls way before uh, any lockdowns occurred. And so, uh, we're all going to be in this this more video, more video, more video, and so it's pretty cool that you've got yourself primed in the right position, the right the right company to to thrive in 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 this new age. So thank you. Yeah, those call your grandmother statements don't work well these days. <laughs> I'll shoot her a text, but she sent you a birthday gift. I'll shoot her a text. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, the new world we live in. But, but thank you guys. This has been great, really great. And uh, Corey, I'll you know. Uh, I'll let you know when my special effects guy is ready to jump on a plane and come meet me. Perfect. <laughs> Denver, let's go. <laughs> All right, Thanks Mike. so much, Mike. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. So, I wonder, so you seem to clear up there, Ron. I know. Well, I had to switch to my cell phone. Oh, Okay. Yeah. You know, but I couldn't get my laptop to connect to it, and the Wi-Fi just pooped out. I don't know what happened. That's strange. Very strange. Looks like you got your next task in front of you. <laughs> I know. As soon as I hop off, that's, that's when I'm going to go figure out what's going on. So I think I subscribed to your – hold on. I want to make sure. I think I subscribed to it earlier today. Um, yeah, here we go. 
Yeah, we're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there you go. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, so so how often do you put out new podcasts? Just um, We do every Monday, except uh, when we do a series with people. So we're in the middle of a series. Uh, we call them podcast in our. So okay. it's basically... Um, There he goes again. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we've got seven episodes with our, our current person. So on Sunday, we released one, and then there's a new one that's been breaking up now. Seriously? Seriously? Oh, you're back, though. I give up. Now I give up. I'm, I'm done. I'm just sitting with the part. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, so, we, uh, so we'll run seven straight days with an episode, with a show with this gentleman. Right. Um, and, but, yeah, definitely from a consistency standpoint, every single Monday there's a show. Right. Uh, but yeah, then sometimes we do some special stuff. So, so it's funny, you know, when I found the whole, um, that be a guest, need a guest. So yeah. I was, um, I was on a local guy's web, uh, podcast like a week ago and I was like, you know, this is kind of fun. And so, so I like read a few articles online and it's, it talked about how they're like all these paid services that will, you know, book you on podcasts. But then I started reading articles that talked about, you know, different Facebook groups and all that. And I, found that one and I really wasn't sure what to make of it, but I very quickly connected, you know, with you guys and a few other people. And, um, it's really, it's amazing. The network of people out there, both yeah. hosting podcasts, looking to be guests on podcasts. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I, I, I would love doing myself someday, but I feel like right now, like if I'm, it's one of those things, if I'm going to do it, I gotta have like time to really commit to it. And I, I don't think I can add that to my plate right now. So, for now, well, when you're when you're ready to do that, let us know because we I coach will. people. Well, thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll be smarter about it than I was when I started my business. <laughs> don't yeah. just jump, jump into it. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyhow, well, certainly, guys, if uh, you know, if there's anything else I can, you know, anything I can ever do to help you guys, and and you know, obviously, let me know when you know when this will air because I will certainly promote it all over the place as well. And um, and and you know, uh, if there's anything. That I can ever help you guys with if you're ever trying to do anything within the you know video animation world let me know and and I would love to hear your thoughts when you when you check out the AR so if you go so if you download the app I didn't want to get to all kind of details but if yeah. you download the app on your device and then go on our website under the services tab you'll see there's a page that says augmented reality and within that page are a few demo videos but there's also the two target images that I showed you one that looks like this and one that looks like this and you can literally like save them as I think like a JPEG or a PDF from the website page, print them out on your printer and just print them out separately on pieces of paper. Obviously they're not intended to be just on a random piece of paper, but it'll work. Right. Way. So no, I can't you'll, wait. You'll see exactly what, what happens. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, this is great. I appreciate your time and, um, and hopefully uh, can talk with you guys again soon. Yeah. And we'll, good. Ron always does some shareables and stuff. So he'll send you over once, once we have a date and all that. Yeah, send thing. over your headshot to me. Okay, sure. Sure. Uh, and then anything you want in yeah any links you want in the description oh, send okay. that over should i send those like you know like send them to you later today kind of thing or or when you're yeah. Post okay yeah send it over no. we'll, we'll send it, it, send it over because i i try to get everything done even though it's not right out and then i put it all in and then we upload it so it's all scheduled but okay. that way we can move it if needed awesome okay well i'm gonna listen to some other podcasts too i'm looking forward to hearing who else you guys have uh have had on and i'll, I'll email you that information Awesome. Sounds Thanks, great. Mike. Thank you so much. Okay. Great to see you guys. Talk to you soon. See you later. Take care. Bye. 
All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to Mike Perlo uh, of Perlo Productions. Man, he has had a pretty awesome you know, life experience from 17 years as a broadcaster to now he's looking at like 13, 14 years of Perlo Productions. And I mean, he's been successful everywhere he's gone. Yeah, you know, I, again, I wasn't as much of a participant in the show. Uh, it was awesome to listen to it. I wanted to write, if, if I was able to razz him, I was going to completely razz him about being a Sox fan. Cause you know, I'm a Cubs fan. So I didn't get to do that. But you know, it was it was a phenomenal show. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, augmented reality, like this this whole thing, like a, a video on a postcard in your phone, like it blows my mind. Yeah, I love that. I mean, one, I loved. So I'm gonna kind of do my takeaways because that was one of them that one completely blew my mind and had my mind racing on ideas of how that can be used and how fun that would be. And the kids would love to like, oh my gosh, like all of that. So one, think out of the box. But number two was how quickly he pivoted to make really cool memories for people because he had the opportunity to be able to do that. And he had the internal, you know, being the dad and his kids missing that. So he knew how parents felt, let alone the kids felt. And he wanted to be able to give it back. So use your superpower for good and, uh, you know, give back to people on what they need. And you can easily find what people need just by what you need. Absolutely. All right, everyone, let's uh, go ahead and go to your favorite iTunes platform, uh, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you can find great podcasts like Hindsight Hacking. Subscribe and review when you get a moment and let us know how we're doing. Uh, oh, and so find us on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. You can watch your favorite Hindsight Hacking episodes. Guys, thank you so much for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.